Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a plane, on a train, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. And, oh, it's your turn. <laughs> and in this week's episode, we explore Bang Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota, taste a few of their beers and learn about their commitment to sustainable brewing. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. I'm really excited to talk about bang because we get to say bang a lot and I love that word. It's a really good word. It's Um, a really great word. Yeah, it is. And you know, actually, uh, it's a term for exclamation point too. Mm Mm-hmm. Like uh, in like the coding and like program programming world too, you use bang to denote like an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. And you can also have the uh, one of my favorite pieces of punctua- punctuation, which is the intero bang. Yes, it which is, is mine combined. Too. Uh, it is combined question mark and expl- exclamation point. Yes, it is. It is. Um, that is definitely one of my favorites as well. <laughs> Just because it's called an intero bang. Well, and that's usually what I. That's kind of what I usually use when I'm <laughs> gaming too. So. <laughs> Anyway, um, so we actually visited Bang Brewing. Um, so the cool part about visiting Bang, Bang is mm-hmm. located uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's kind of just off of uh, 280 and a little bit north of University Avenue. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, right behind Urban Growler Brewing. They have this really cool, like, old, old. it looks like a grain silo yeah. that got chopped in half and put in and made into a building. Yeah, it's really cool. So, um, it's a very small, um, mm-hmm. it's a very small thing. Um, it is like a... It's like maybe 25 chairs in the place. Yeah, it's it's got maybe like 25 chairs. Um, you you can see like their like fermentation tanks inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got stainless steel. Um, it's got like a stainless steel uh, bar top surface, stainless mm-hmm. steel tables. Um, it has a very like in like like postmodern feel to it. But then it's got like a reclaimed wood mm-hmm. sort of uh, uh, like bar back area. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it all kind of lends itself together to look sort of like a, it's got this barn chic mm-hmm. mixed with um, mixed with a cool like uh, you know egg industrial. <laughs> it's really there. awesome. Well, and like the outside is all corrugated steel. Exactly. Um, and it's like when we got there, we we had parked and parking around there. By the way, is not super pleasant. Um, there's some parking lots, but well, there's a I lot mean, of street parking. Yeah, I mean it, it's not that it's not. It's not that it's unpleasant. It's just that it's like there's plenty of parking. It's just all street parking. Yeah. So you're going to be you're going to walk a little bit, you know, find a place to park and then go. Um, The thing is, when we got there um, and Andrea was just like, well, let's go to Bang quick. And I'm like, "Okay, where is it? And she's like, it's right there. And I'm looking around and I did not think it was going to be this kind of squat cylindrical building. Yeah. It's just a silo is all it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, the cool the thing that the thing that it makes me feel like when I go to Bang um, cause it, it was my first time there mm-hmm. as well. And, um, it literally feels like you walked in. Okay. So, um, it literally feels like you walked into somebody's pole barn mm-hmm. and it's basically their like 
their sort of man cave. And the place that they tinker with a lot of things. Because, like, the, the fermentation tanks are a little bit hidden, but not very. No, yeah, you can see them, like, right there. Like, they're definitely not front and center, center um, like they are in uh, Lake Monster. Um, Mm -hmm. Lake Lake Monster has this, like, there's these big, like, LED lights shining up on them. Uh, But Bang is much more simple. Um, And they have have fewer varieties, but we tasted almost all of them when we were there. And they were all really interesting. And you liked a lot of them. I did. I definitely liked a lot of them. I found things to like about most of them. Um, But we still had those moments where my, my whole body just had to shudder. So we started things off with two different um, two different beers. Um, we started off with the uh, Gold and the Biggs Double IPA. Yep. Um, the Gold is a Kernza Blonde Ale. Um, and the Biggs is, a, of course, as I said it before, a double IPA. So the Kernza has a, a like a light golden color. Um, it has a like a crispy, um, you know, almost like malty um, kind of character to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, uh, it, there's like a little bit of citrusy flavor to it. Yeah, it smells amazing. It mm-hmm. smells much more citrusy. I'm kind of sad that we weren't able to do like some live recording while we were there to get our impressions yeah, right away. But it was such a small space that, and they had music playing in there that was so loud that we didn't want to uh, try to actually record. Mm-hmm. But we did have a really fun conversation with two people that were working there at the time. Um, uh, they weren't the brewers, but they were uh, friends and employees of the brewers. Um, but it was it was a really great time. I took a photo of uh, the first kind of set that we had. Um, so we'll go through the list of tastes, but I want to go through what everything we tasted because we started with the bigs and the gold. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll div- we'll dive into the gold in a little bit, but then um, we asked them for some more kind of you know what they would suggest, and they uh, well you got you wanted the double loop because that is the export stout. Mm-hmm. Um, now the double loop was actually really cool. Um, it had sort of like a coffee nose to it, mm-hmm. um, like almost like a coffee grounds uh, nose to it, and the uh, like the flavor on it is has a rich kind of cocoa nib flavor to it, like really really like. Um, almost like a dark chocolate flavor. It's very thick. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that you you don't want to drink large quantities of in a very quick time. Right, exactly. It's a sipper, and, yeah. and I liked it a lot. That was one of my favorite ones I had there. It was super enjoyable. And then we asked for recommendation, and they gave us uh, the Pils, uh, which is just a Bohemian Pilsner, and the Double Time, which is a Belgian Strong. And the only other thing that they actually have on, on or available right now is the Mosh Idaho 7, which is a Maris Otter Single Hop. And I'm kind of sad that we didn't just go for it, but we also ended up kind of like having an impromptu um, brewery crawl that night. So we started out uh, with with a total of five uh, tastings, uh, and then I think we ended up closer to We didn't to have the pills. We didn't have the pills. No. I could have sworn we did. No, we had the double time and the bang hoppy strong. Oh, okay. So that's right. So we didn't have the pills or we didn't have the uh, the mosh. I apologize for that. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we skipped oh, it was, those. Oh, it was the bang and yeah, the double time. Yeah, we had the time. bang and okay. the double time. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought we'd already mentioned that we had the bang. I, I'm having a moment. We're recording no, we early in the morning. No, we had bigs and then, yeah. But we're at bang brewing, so yes. like, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> 
Um, so bang is their is their hoppy strong, mm-hmm. um, and it, it it comes in at only at sixty five IBU and seven percent. Um, it's really floral forward on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, when you smell it, like it it kind of has that sort of uh, like a bouquet almost, like. It was very herbal yeah. and kind of mm-hmm. like kind of reminded me of a spring meadow. Yeah, exactly. But when you taste it, it's sweet. Mm-hmm. And um, it just hits you with that hop punch right away. There was a, I think that was the one that I, I really wanted. That was the first of the night that I really wanted to like. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go through. I did drink a lot of the gold though. Yeah, I, I had I had like half of that, and for for me that is a lot of beer in one sitting. That really is. I was really impressed, Aaron. I um, did. Uh, I think it, that was the first time that night though that I made the mistake of having like I had. Uh, I was having some of the gold. I was kind of enjoying it. It was still like it would hit my back palate a little unpleasantly, and then I had the the stout, and then went back to the <laughs> to the gold, and that's when it started not being pleasant for me anymore. What did you think of the time? So the time is a Belgian strong. And um, so Belgians are always an interesting thing because when you when you make a Belgian sort of true to form, mm-hmm. it uh, it has that abbey like you can almost feel like the abbey roots in it. So like it, it almost like gets a little like that stonework um, like feel to it, like masonry, like um, God, it sounds like I feel like I'm talking about wine here, but um <laughs> Well, wine and beer tasting are not that different. But I mean, like, uh, so it when you smell it, um, it smells earthy. It does. Um, that one, though, when I tasted it, it was almost an immediate visceral reaction. But it's sweet. It was like, because that was the one that I put, if I held it on just the front of my tongue, yep. I got that sweetness and I kind of got the, like, the better depth of flavors. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it rolled past the midpoint and hit my back palate, it was immediately just unpleasant for me. That was my favorite part of <laughs> of the night was was actually getting uh, Aaron to kind of coach through the, the flavor tasting on that one. Yeah. And that happened a few other times in the mm-hmm. future episodes. You're going to get to hear some of that, too. Um, but that I'm really happy, though, that while that was happening, you were explaining to the people around us and the people working there, like, what was happening and why we were doing this so that they <laughs> didn't think that I'm just, like, sitting there, like, knocking their, their wares. Yeah, exactly. I had to make sure, like, hey, no, he, like, we're, we're here. I love beer. Um, Aaron is just... Aaron, we're trying to find beers that Aaron actually does like. Mm-hmm. And they're very few and far between, those loyal of you listeners that mm-hmm. will have listened and found the four that I found as yeah. well. So um, the cool thing about Bang, and one of the reasons that, one of the things that kind of surprised me about Bang was that um, they're very committed to uh, like organic sustainable brewing. Now, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of brew, like I almost, oh gosh. I mean, brewing in and of itself is usually like, I guess, organic to a certain extent. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, like it depends on your definition of organic. One, it's when you're talking craft beer, they're always trying to find the new best ingredients, and a lot of time right. it comes from the small time and usually organic farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, large scale brewing 
can't always deal deal with that because they need to have consistency of flavor and consistency of everything else that goes into it. So they generally will stick with a producer or have you know several producers get bringing them the exact same grain. You get the same cracked, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, Bang's ten Bang is very committed to that, and in one of the ways that they're committed to that. Um, is in like the the way that they're looking at brewing, and so mm-hmm. they tried a new way of brewing or a new type of brewing with uh, the gold. Yeah, um, by using a grain called Kernza. Uh, Kernza was uh, uh, something that was cra- trademarked by uh, uh, the Land Institute um, in Kansas. Kansas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting part about uh, Kernza is it's a perennial grain. So one of the one of the really hard parts about brewing and like and farming in general with with wheat with wheat is like it's a one and done kind of thing. Like it's an annual crop. Mm-hmm. You know, you plant it and it really eats the nutrients out of the soil, and you can't. can't really reuse the and that's why you like a lot of farmers have to deal with the like the rotation yeah so you know they'll plant wheat in one field one year and soybeans in the other and then they'll flop them they'll flop them yeah um, because they those those two crops specifically will deal you know impart and remove certain other mm-hmm. nutrients that the others will need yeah um, but currently being a perennial you don't have to like completely plow down and get rid of everything that the wheat grew you just right. take the you, know, you take the seed pods you take the the grain itself and then you leave it and it will grow it'll grow again, again. and it says it's what f- about five years it right should now? grow for about five years because the cool thing about kernza is it actually has um a 10 foot root system and in in if you go to bang's actual uh site itself mm-hmm. Um, they have, and I took a picture of it um, too. I'll pu- I'll send it to Aaron so he can, mm-hmm. um, or I'll put it in our photos so Aaron can have it. Um, the they have a, a an actual like uh, grain, like dried up grain itself, so you can see mm-hmm. like what it looks like. Um, it it's really cool. It's I was like, confused as to what that was when yeah, we first it, walked in. Yeah, I asked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 nice thing about it is it's hopefully trying to fix and like you know, be more sustainable in terms of farming, which can actually help uh, fight climate change Mm -hmm. in the long run. Um, The idea, like, hopefully we can do our part. If if everybody started switching to things like this and started looking for ways and crops like this, Mm -hmm. we could reduce climate change so much. Well, and plus, because, like, especially in other parts of the world, we don't do it so much here. Um... And I think it was like India, Pakistan, or maybe mm-hmm. in kind of like the Central African republics. Um, but most of the time when they grow wheat and they harvest it, uh, instead of like chopping it up for mulch, like some places do, they just burn it. So there's a lot of places around the world that when they, you know, when they finish with their wheat crop for the year, they have all of this leftover detritus that they don't know what to do with and they just burn it. Yeah. And so that just creates these giant fires putting more pollutants into the air. Right. And so, um, you know, if we could actually take something like this and, mm-hmm. you know, reuse it, like, mm-hmm. it would be amazing. And especially because, you know, when, it, when you're looking at at least a five-year yield, I know that they're still working with it. This is still something mm-hmm. that they're trying to, you know, perpetuate and make better. Um, but 
having five years of use out of a single set uh, or like a single crop area is a lot better than having one and then having to completely plant something else after you've fully tilled and then adding more nitrates Mm -hmm. and adding more fertilizers to the soil. Um, You know, it's it's going to help. Uh, it's going to help stabilize some farms as well. Now they did right. have, there was a crop loss um, this year, or last year. Yeah, it, um, there was a there was a crop failure last year. So what happened was, um, uh, or two years ago. So what happened was, um, basically, uh, you know, Kernza in in Minnesota wanted like Kernza crop. Um, the majority of the Kernza crop was basically purchased by General Mills. Because mm-hmm. uh, they wanted to prove, like... You can make a food out of this. Yeah, you, it, it doesn't have to just be, like, a, an artisanal thing. Like, you don't, it, like, just beer or, like, you know, a boutique product. Like, mm-hmm. we can actually make this an, a thing. And um, <laughs> the crop failed. Which, which happens. Like, it's not... Yeah. That's not, like, saying there's something wrong with this product. Like, with, with this crop. Mm-hmm. It's, like, literally crop failures happen. It's just unfortunate that it happened to a thing that's being tested. And I think, it, you know, crop failures happen, and there's a lot of times where, you know, the reason that large-scale farming is what it is, mm-hmm. is because they have to they have to accommodate for loss because you're going to have some of it not be viable. You know, anybody who's grown anything at home, any sort of food product, like we tried growing tomatoes and we had, um, we had a small thing of just cherry tomatoes that was already planted in the garden and it, it produced so much, but they weren't super tasty. And so we're like, Oh, we're going to grow some different tomatoes and they failed miserably. Right. Um, so that's just, you know, it's something that you have to deal with on any scale of, uh, of production. And you're going to have crop loss and you're going to have uh, really high yield years as well. Yeah. And we'll link the two sources that we're, t- we're referring to here, the Star Tribune and the National Geographic articles, mm-hmm. um, just so that our listeners can read up on it. But essentially what happened was, just to summarize, um, no one has actually tried to grow large scale Kernza before. Mm-hmm. Um, like really the the you know General Mills and like, like th- these past few years are really the first attempts to actually grow Kernza on a large scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have, we don't really have, like, we don't really have the, the research to, to prove that it can fully be, be utilized on the large scale yet. And so besides like looking at like academic research, because mm-hmm. the University of Minnesota has been studying it, like the Land Institute has been studying it, but mm-hmm. um for 50, the Land Institute has been studying it for 15 years, but we don't have like anybody trying to do it commercially up until the past few years. Yeah. So um, this is what we really need now mm-hmm. is for people to take a risk and just keep trying yeah. with things like this. So, like, I mean, I know that our listeners aren't the type of people that are going to do this, but if you have colleagues that are in, like, if you have family members that are in business or, like, Mm -hmm. you know, work for agencies like this, like, I mean, General Mills is one of the larger employers in Minnesota, like, Mm -hmm. reach out and say, hey, uh, talk to your friends and, and say, like, this is a thing that we should continue to work on. Exactly. Because we need to find just grains in general. Because one of the things in, I think it was the National Geographic article, um, that it started with, you know, the population of the planet is scheduled to hit 9 billion uh, by Mm -hmm. mid-century. So we're looking by 2050 to have, you know, 
almost double what we had at the beginning of the 20th century. Right, exactly. Which is incredible for population expansion, but then we have to feed everybody because we Mm -hmm. still, we already have enough issues with poverty and, you know, uh, food scarcity and people who live in food deserts in, uh, in major cities even. So we need to be able to figure out how to feed all of the people and not just leave everyone to starve. Yeah, I wouldn't actually be surprised. I would not be surprised if like we start seeing a return to um, small scale subsistence farming. Yeah. And we, we also start seeing things like um, like uh, pre- pre- preservation mm-hmm. um, um, initiatives, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're we're like, you know, like breweries, for instance. I think we're going to start seeing breweries. uh some of the methods that Mm -hmm. breweries are using to actually encourage, um, you know, potability for water as a way to, you know, actually have fresh drinking water. Exactly. We don't need to go back to the, uh, like the early middle ages where the only way to get a portable potable source of uh, liquid was in beer that was being brewed by the church. (laughs) (laughs) Hence the Abbey ales. (laughs) Exactly. But I mean, it, it's true, um, you know, and and like, I, I'm really excited by it. I think I think that I think that things like this are are so cool, and I think that I think it, I applaud Bang Brewing for going ahead and taking the initiative to to jump on something like this because it truly is a, a like a an amazing initiative to try. And it's one thing that's interesting because the more that, that Andrea and I taste different beer, the more that we find that when my palate will attach itself to something that likes, it's usually something that's very different. And I don't know why, because it's like the nitros I, I, I deal really well with, uh, and it's usually porters and, and stouts that I have found mm-hmm. that I enjoy that I could like drink a lot of. Um, but the, again, I drank like half of that, that glass of the gold. And I think we actually, do we get a half pour of the gold? Yeah, we did. Yes. Yeah, so we got a half pour. So I, I drank a decent amount of that after we did our initial tasting and there were still times like i mentioned where it it would hit my palate and it wasn't super great at the end of it um but i think part of that is because it is using a different grain Mm -hmm. that my palate enjoys more yeah well and um you know when you're when you're making um when you're making like when you're when you're getting the grain ready for beer making Mm -hmm. um you know grain has different um, profiles that it that it uses. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, the wheat has different. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Can you help me out here? Um, uh, so, uh, hang on. Are you we know. talking like kernel structure? So yeah. Uh, so like there are rows of uh, like. Oh, you're talking like where sometimes the the like the kernels of grain will yeah. point up or down or kind of crisscross my hairy yeah. bone. Right. And some are like two rows, some mm-hmm. are four rows, like some are six rows of Well and that you know, that's part of how that, that individual plant grows, but it's also going to affect the size and shape mm-hmm. of the grain. Um because then you're and then you're dealing with once the you've, protein structure, it changes. 
And once you mill it, it's going to change total surface area. Right, exactly. Because you're not always milling to powder. You're just sometimes cracking the grain to get mm-hmm. um, to get at what's in there without grinding away everything that will make mm-hmm. it taste a certain way. Yeah, and when you're when you're working with uh, when you're working with that, you're not grinding it to powder. You're cracked. You're mm-hmm. actually just grinding it up to open up mm-hmm. the. Um, the grain itself, because most of the time it's been cracked and opened up to um, kind of open up the sugar strains mm-hmm. or the proteins and yeah, so that you can actually start um, the fermentation process. Because you want to get as much because you want the yeast to interact with everything that's in there and not just the outside casing of yep. the grain. Exactly. Because it's got to pull the sugars. It's got to pull the protein structures mm-hmm. and it's got to. And again, like some of, you know, some grains are much like shorter and rounder and some are thinner and longer, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's so many varieties of wheat. There's so many because most people just think wheat. Yeah. Like I play Minecraft and there's just wheat. It's not like there's, you know, different wheat in different areas like there is in real life. I really want to get a brew, like an actual brewer on our show next. Mm hmm. Because um, I, I, I know that every once in a while when we record one of these and we, we tag a brewery, like they're listening in on this. Yep. And they're probably cringing right now at just how we're talking about this. That, you know what? If but we're, it makes if me we're excited. totally wrong, please tell us and we will be more than happy to sit down with you yeah. um, so you can explain more things. I would actually love to talk to yeah, the brewers. Yeah, because um, you can hit us up at fans at travelbyproxy.com. You can also reach me, Andrea, at travelbyproxy.com. Um, mm-hmm. You can just say how wrong I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I, uh, I welcome that. Um, anyway, uh, so... <laughs> With about five minutes left, um, we have this thing where when we both go to a place, Mm -hmm. we review it on the completely arbitrary review scale, completely arbitrary review scale, because one of the things that we believe at Travel by Proxy is that you should never negatively review a place. Yeah, because really, like, why talk about a place if it's bad? Like, yeah, it's not worth it. There's so much negativity in the world. Mm -hmm. We're better off just not talking about it if we didn't like it. Exactly. Um. So we show up at your place and you recognize us and we don't talk about it. Sorry. Um, sorry. Well, we might be doing a future episode on it. Yeah, but it's, um, generally it's going to be a future episode. Yeah. But uh, if we never, ever mention it again, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, the way the arbitrary review scale works for those of you that are new to the show is we basically pick the one thing that would have a, that would bring us back there. Mm-hmm. Bring us back to that place. I have two. You too. Well, I'll let you go first because I need to ponder a moment. That's okay. So I I really enjoy like so the first one is just it's the atmosphere and it's the patio because we didn't get to experience the patio, but I looked at it for a bit when I was mm-hmm. outside um, and they have this like there's this main patio in the front of the place and then off to the right side as you're looking at the main for like main entry um, there's like a big row of tables that have these little kind of like corrugated metal roofs over them and it's you know it's March it's very early March in Minnesota it is not patio time yet um, but if you want to experience bang I'd honestly say like give it a couple of weeks or if you're not in town and you're planning a trip in come into town in you know late spring early summer and be able that- 
that is experience if you don't that get coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm hoping that we can listen back to this in a year and be like, oh, remember when everyone was scared of coronavirus? Anyway. Uh, but the other one then is just the atmosphere. So like you've got this nice patio, you've got the, you know, the kind of very intimate uh, interior area, um, but just everyone that was there was kind and they were there to have an experience like you know the two people that were working that were helping serve us um they were uh they were very considerate about what we wanted we told them a lot you just you know give us something that you think that we would like and that's when we got the bang and we got the double and they they listened and they joked with us and part of it is because of that you know intimate interior space mm-hmm. um you know we had a, we had small chats with the person sitting yeah. next to us on the bar and things like that so it's just it's a place it's, to go it's and that community congregate. it definitely is and i got to say i got to agree with there the thing that makes me come back is definitely the uh, the atmosphere, the people. Um, so I, I complimented the bartender's shirt because the, they were wearing a, mm-hmm. sh- uh, a button-up shirt that reminded me of the same type of shirt that my spouse wears. And I said, hey, I like your shirt. And they said... Oh, I'm not going to tell you I like yours right now because that would just seem presumptuous and I hadn't actually noticed your shirt. But I will look at your shirt and if I like it, I'll tell you I like it at some point. And as we were leaving... And as we were leaving, they said, hey... I like your shirt. So, like, it's good when somebody has that kind of, like, memory, you know? Exactly. And it's just, it was a... It's just, yeah, it's and good. we were only there for, like, 90 minutes, too. Yeah, we were only there for, like, 90 minutes. It was amazing. So, we're out of time for today. But that doesn't mean the show has to end. Absolutely not. You can contact us by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, travelbyproxy.com, or you can email us, fans at travelbyproxy.com, or follow us on Instagram at tbbcast, or tweet at us at travel by proxy the travel by proxy theme is good day by alex copyright 2012 our closing music is now we're talking by jaris copyright 2015 both are licensed under a creative commons attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixter.org thank you very much for listening to this week's episode we hope you enjoyed it and we wish you a look out your window Walking with you and your moving peace stones and your rearranging all the pieces that you find. Now we're talking about things and places, all the names and the faces, all the people that you love.